I just want to I just want to say this. I am so grateful for guys that are out willing to do something. And I've known guys that have had nothing. I've known guys that have had a lot of things. They have had bees next to their wealth, personal wealth. I think what's most interesting about Mike Lindell is that he's a guy that's been in both those camps before in his life. And I think there's a unique uniqueness to that. I won't take away from his story, but a uniqueness, because I know most of you know his story on that front, that when a person is passionate and they stick to their guns, they're a special person. And I have been able to watch closely, not only Mike, but his team and how they work together and how their, their gold-heartedness and wanting to help save this country are really important. And nothing speaks more volumes to that than a guy that's willing to go out and take the punches, to be the man in the arena when nobody else is willing to do that. So with no further ado, I wanted to welcome to the stage our good friend, Mike Lindell. Thank you all. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get right into this, and I'm going to take you back to 2020, in November of 2020, and... When I seen it, remember, I was never in politics before. I was an ex-crack addict. I had never voted in my life. Um, and uh, the summer of 2016, though, I met in a private meeting. I met Donald Trump, and, I, and we talked about bringing the, he says, Mike, how does it work making your pillows here and all this stuff? I said, absolutely great. And he said, and then I told him I was an ex-crack addict. And he, and he said, I said, I'm going to have this network um, it's called the Lindell Recovery Network for addicts. He goes, and I'm going to shut down the border and, and uh, those drugs from pouring in. And anyway, at that point, I thought he's going to be the greatest president ever if he does all these things. And I walked out of his room, talked to his employees and stuff, and they all said the same thing great man, great leader, and interestingly enough, they had all done something for him personally. And interestingly enough, they had all done something for him personally. They had, you know, and but they attacked my company. They attacked me. That was the start of it. Then, but that just and and I'm going to take you then. So that so that's how I originally got in. It was this divine meeting with just the real real president and myself before in the August 15th of 2016. And I had to learn a lot about, um, you know, I didn't know a Democrat from a Republican. I didn't know a filibuster from a millibuster. I knew nothing, right? And, um, but uh, little did I know, and I thought my life, when I got set free of drugs and everything by the grace of God and found our Lord Jesus Christ, I thought, you know, I thought, by the way, that was February 18, 2017, I did the full surrender. Um, but I had been freed of addiction back on January 16, 2009, and I thought that was the day I got saved, but it was actually February 18, 2017. And, um, and then it became, at that point, I could never talk in front of crowds, by the way. From that point on, when I got saved, it was like 
you know, God has a sense of humor, right? I'd be a, <laughs> I'm going, I didn't think I would end up having a voice, but God blessed me with a voice that's all your voices. It was a platform for such a time as this. And we owe it to God on that. And, but I want to tell you, but so we get into November of 2020 and, and the election happened and I'm going, there's something wrong. You got to realize that my company, I look at, I look at deviations every single day. I took calculus when I was in the ninth grade. I look at numbers. I was uh, right here in Las Vegas at one time. I was a professional card counter. I mean, these are things that I had. If you ever read my book, it's like other lives I can't even think back to. But, but I look at deviations every day. And if I see a radio station that does better than it would normally do, you check into it because you need a different input to get a different output. Okay, and. You, we, chat, we do that every day. If we see something go bad or good in numbers, I look at it all day long for all with like my, my pillow. And we check into it. We just don't say, oh, we had a good day or we had a bad day. You better find out why, okay? Well, in the 2020 election, when this, I started my own, uh, you know, looking at numbers right after the election. Of course, I looked at Arizona going, this is weird. Why is it taking a week to count? And uh, there was 98% in, and Donald Trump would have overran it by, you know, I don't know. 80,000 votes because of what traditionally what was still left to be counted. So I started digging in, but one of the things that bothered me the most and that I knew could not be true was every county, and right here in Nevada is one of the first places I looked at where there are people that voted in their state or a county that didn't live there. And all I could think in my head, and this was every single county in the United States, by the way, okay? So I could not imagine in Nevada um, 4,800 and some people go, hey, let's go commit a crime and jump into Nevada and vote for Biden. What do you say? Who's with me? Come on, you know. And I'm going, it didn't make sense. And then, of course, we had November became uh, December. And I'm going, why isn't anybody listening or looking at all this stuff? It was, it was I couldn't believe it. And on January 9th, um, three days after um, um, January 6th, I'm going to, I'm going to have quick, I'm going to add this to it because I didn't put it in here, but I'm going to put this in there. On January 7th and 8th, everybody, those two days get overlooked. And those two days are historical for one reason. That's the days 1.2 million Americans were deplatformed. Anybody that talked about Donald Trump, whatever, they were deplatformed on Vimeo, YouTube, Suckabucks, Facebook. Uh, churches were deplatformed. If you said anything about um, our, the elections or Donald Trump and that's the day, and the rest of the people on January 7th, if you weren't deplatformed, you were put into fear because of January 6th, the setup there. So what they did, I compare it, I always do this, I compare it to my growing up, there was black and white TVs, we'd turn them off as kids and go down to this little tiny blue dot, and we'd turn it back on, it would come back to life. Well, that dot on those days was our voice. They wanted to silence us forever, okay? Just like Nazi Germany, they wanted to silence us forever, and you would have fear of even bringing something up. Well, then a divine thing happened for me, and for was on January 9th, I was handed evidence, machine evidence, computer evidence, that only, remember, and I looked into this, I'm going, this explains all these people are, there are, you put my, um, um, when I fed with all those people, I go, people are generally good people. You couldn't have millions of people jumping across. Let's go do this. And it restored my confidence of, wow, I'm right. It wasn't the people. It was 
done with computers, okay? And, and I never let up on that, okay? So I never let up on that, and, and it got to be this spring. And once I knew this, everybody, it wasn't about you. If you look back then, from that point on, they canceled my pill. They canceled the box stores. Everything I used to get my voice out, I was very surprised that your outlets, like your foxes of the world, would not talk about um, the election stuff. But that was very significant. That was on February 4th of 2021, another date that will live out there historically. That was the day that Smartmatic sued Fox News. When they did that, it started lawfare. So we lost all the conservative media that was out there. And the only way to get the word out was to get attacked. I got attacked every day. And I'm going, and they go, Mike, you lost six more retailers. How do you feel? Did you hear about uh, our machines and our elections? And you hear about China? You hear about our attack? Uh, you know, and it was the way I could get the word out. And I'm going, doesn't anybody care? I'm going, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, it doesn't matter what, what I've seen. I can't undo what I've seen. I can't take it back. And I'm going, so at that point, it wasn't about overturning the 2020 election. It's going, it got deeper than that. I went on Jimmy Kimmel in the spring. Everyone said, don't go on, don't go on. My, I went on the spring of 21. I got on there and Jimmy asked me, he, he was set for attack, you know, ABC, they're owned by ABC and Disney and all the things up there and there. And they're, they're said they're gonna finally put, silence my voice. And they're going, he asked me this question. He said, Mike, if your friend Donald Trump had been selected, like you say, uh, would you still be sounding the alarm? And I said, absolutely I would. This isn't about Democrats or Republicans. This is about saving our country. This is our election platforms. And so I go all in on that. And as you know, and then our voice from that point on, on January, on January 7th and 8th, our voice was never put out completely. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And people, courage is contagious. We had different events. I had that one in the summer, of, it was called the Cyber Symposium. The seeds that were planted at the time it went on, I thought, well, what did it do? Nobody listened. I figured it'd be so easy just to go into, especially red states, to be able to go into red states and I started doing that at that summer. I'm going in there, and you know where we got blocked? Was the Republicans. There was, I couldn't believe it. These are probably my biggest surprise. The media, I get it, they'd use lawfare. I get that part, but it was the Republicans. The, the, uh, I went into, I'll give an example, I went into Alabama and met with their Secretary of State, a guy named John Merrill. And I get in there, and I was with you seen earlier, Dr. Doug Frank, and we had all their voter rolls. Remember, I got every voter roll in the country. Who, who voted? I paid for it all. Who registered? Who voted? And then who was taken off? So I'm sitting with John and his team down in Alabama, and he goes, I go, John, look at this. Your, your own data says 4,684 people voted here in Alabama over 110 years old. And he, and he looked at me, he says, well, Mike, we live pretty good here in Alabama. I'm going, you know, he was trying to be funny. I go, but I go, wow, he's going to listen, right? He's going to listen because you've got to explain this, right? You have to explain this anomaly, you know? And once again, you know, he just shut it down. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, I thought, you know, or I go up to Ohio, there was a candidate run up there. Well, we don't have a problem here with our election platforms because Donald Trump won. You're out. I'm not endorsing you. You're, you know, you have no idea what you're talking about. There was so, so much um, 
they just didn't want to look at it. It's one of these things that you, you don't want to believe that it happened, that they could do this to our country. Nobody wants to believe it. And, uh, well, that, and during that fight back there, and then, but then things started happening. You've got examples that are mathematically impossibilities. I always like using the Georgia one. This gal ran in Georgia. She was in a primary a year, it was over a year, two, year and a half ago now. Three Democrats ran. And this gal and her husband got zero votes in her own precinct. Now, I always joke and say, if they'd have gave her two votes, they would have said, uh, you know, I'm sorry, ma'am, the only one that loves you is your husband. But, but she, they gave her zero. So they had to look into it, okay? And miraculously, they quick opened up the machine. They look at, it was a programming error. You really got 3,760 3, votes, which put her from third to first place, okay? In another county, four counties over, three more Democrats ran. This lady got 4,800 votes, okay? The problem was she wasn't on the ballot. And she wasn't a write-in. She was thinking about running or head running and dropped out two months prior. So they had set the algorithms of the machine to pull from this candidate to her because they wanted this one to win. That's the way it went down until somebody brought it up. The media, you didn't hear about it, the media. My group did, our people did, that are on the ground in all 50 states. And, and we brought it up to Crooked Brad Rassenberger down in, uh, down in uh, Georgia. And Crooked Brad, you know what he did? They looked into it. How do you explain it? You know what he said? It was a programming error. Why are, why are elections being programmed? But here's the key, everybody. Someone physically had to type that lady's name in into the program, okay? And you know what? If, if This should be the number one story in the world, these things, right? It should be all over the place. We've been looking for, you know, how long? They last just last week. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, and I'll backtrack, but just a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, at that thing, at that uh, um, lawsuit going down at, that we've been waiting five years for down in Georgia, Professor Halderman hacked in with a ballpoint pen and flipped votes right in front of the judge. You know, and, and then, and, uh, but I'm gonna, so I'm gonna go through, I'm gonna backtrack now. We went to every county, I think in the United States, two years ago, I went, I spent time flying around to Secretary of State, Attorney Generals, and everything, relentlessly. And it was eh, 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 blocking, blocking, blocking. Blocking, the GOP blocking, the RNC blocking, okay? All this, and it was, and, and it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it, but they'd always have these arguments. Well, it's gonna cost too much money to do this, uh, to switch over. We, didn't, we don't have a problem with our machines. We don't have a problem with our system. Well, like Wisconsin, you got 7,100,000 people on the voter rolls. If every single eligible voter in Wisconsin voted, it's 4,200,000. And, and, and Crooked Robin Voss doesn't want to do anything there. Oh, did I say that? Okay. There's another blocker, the Speaker of the House of Wisconsin. By the way, in two weeks, we're, I'm going to speak there to recall him. We've got to get rid of people like that. We've got to get rid of him. He is, he is blocked. Remember, he's the same guy. As this happened over the last two years, he ordered an investigation in Wisconsin, an ex-Supreme Court judge, Justice Gableman. So he did this big investigation for nine months, and he's finding all this stuff. And he puts out his report, says you need to decertify Wisconsin. 
Robin Voss shut the thing down. Be careful what you find, Voss. He didn't think Gable was going to be so relentless, right? So Robin Voss shuts it down. She shuts it down and, said, and, said, and put, puts it on the table. He said to me, Mike, I, I, my hands are tied unless a court, and he said it to the public too, unless a court would rule that there was um, fraud here. He goes, and he did say, I know there was massive fraud, but I can't do anything unless the court rules on it. A couple of weeks later, the Supreme Court of Wisconsin ruled there was widespread fraud in Wisconsin, and Robin Voss went into hiding. This is what I've been up against, or what my teams have been up against, and the way the people have been up against, right? Now I'm going to go up to, you get up to, I was so frustrated with the pushback that I ran for RNC chair. You all know when I ran? Okay. And when I ran for RNC chair, I get in there, and I got to meet a lot of the 168, a lot of you all. And it, it's kind of, I was really surprised because I was, you know, there was, I met the ones over here that I figure are uniparty, rhino, and establishment. Then there was like this middle group. Then there's a group over here that I really believe have all our backs, right? It's probably you that are here. And, and anyway, so I go to run. And interestingly enough, the Rasmussen poll comes out the night before the election. And the people voted Mike Lindell, I doubled both Harmeet and Rana, okay? But that was strategically, it came out the night before the election. The next day, I get four votes, right? Now, the media couldn't attack me. They came up and they attacked me. They go, uh, Mike, you only got four votes. I go, well, they didn't listen to the people. I mean, that's common, right? I was on Jimmy Kimmel again inside of a claw machine because the only way I could get on his show. And Jimmy asked me, he goes, well, Mike, you know, you only got four votes. And I go, well, the people wanted me, not those two. And, and Jimmy goes, well, would you, did you trust that election? I said, absolutely. There weren't any machines involved. You know? and, and anyway, one of the things that came out of that election was Ronna made it. She got on TV and said, I look forward to working with Mike Lindell. Now, hold that thought, okay? You work with me. What do you think you're going to be working on? You're going to be secure in these elections. But I did a speech at the RNC at that convention. I mean, at that election, we had three days, and I did my speech to the 168. And they sat there, and they're going, five elections have been lost in a row. And they're all going, oh, we should have raised more money. They were under the gun. They spend money frivolously and waste money here and all this. And I'm going, that's not the problem. Donald Trump ran the biggest campaign in probably in the history of the world. Okay, and it wasn't, and, and I said, you guys, you, for five elections, you guys haven't even bothered to look into these election platforms. In 2020, they gathered all this money to look into the elections and never did it. I was so upset with Rana back then. I'm going, you never did anything. You didn't use that money like it should have been used. Find out why. You had a weird output. You need to find out what happened to get those numbers, those crazy numbers of people that voted in every county that didn't live there. You know, you needed to do pay some of that money you got from the big donors and stuff to investigate this. It's like playing a football game and you're, you're like this and you're going uphill when you're on offense. It's the, it's the craziest thing. Why didn't, why didn't any of you, you know, do this? And I've told them that. I said, if I'm RNC chair, the first thing I would do is I would have said, we got everything we've been doing, which at that time I said, everything I've been doing and thousands of, tens of thousands of people that quit their jobs and everything because they love their country and been fighting for this country. That's what the RNC should have been doing. And I told them that.
Okay. Well, well, Rana, after that, after the uh, the RNC, of course, she's the winner, and she kept calling me, and she's going, Mike, what can I do? What do you need? What do you need? Because she wanted me to embrace her, you know, for whatever. For to, uh, and I said, I don't want anything from the RNC. I just don't want to get blocked anymore. I don't want to get blocked anymore. I said, you know, there's a resolution that I knew some of the RNC people, the good, this third, were had been working on, right? And and this um, and these and that resolution. Um, let, okay, I'm going to backtrack a little. So Rana promised me. I said, there's going to be a resolution. I just don't want you to oppose it. And I said, and that was it. Okay. Now in August, I announced the plan. I said, you know what? We've got a plan now to go around back to every single county in the country. But I needed a few key things, and one of them I was praying we would get that resolution. Because if you got a resolution that says, you know, paper ballots hand counted, no machines, it's pretty hard to be a Republican over here and stand out and go, I really like these machines. I, you know, I'm, I'm attached to them, you know. Well, they did. A week after the plan, I announced the plan to save our country with this or with the secure election. The RNC did pass that. And let me tell you, everybody, it was 168 to zero because the other cowards within it said they, they said, okay, we'll, we'll pass it. But let me tell you, over the last six months, when my teams have went out there revisiting all these counties again with everything we know now that we have now that we didn't have then, we're still getting blocked. And we're still getting blocked by our own party and by the G, a lot of the GOP. Well, this just came out. Um, this just came out. I'm going to put it right here. This was came out when this is Rana responds because they wanted her to resign. Okay, now, now let me, now let me tell you. This is what upset me. I just read this. I read this. It was sent to me by one of you in the crowd here. I added this to my speech. I was so upset because of this next thing. Her response to this. Now, I'm going to read this. If you all read this, this is her response of why the RNC lost those five elections, and now there's even, even more, six elections, whatever. This is a Republican on Republican infighting. It's not running for president, so I'm not in this primary. Isn't helping our party, she answered. We lost races in 2022 because of a troll within our party. We need every, now here's it. This is the part that really upset me. We need every Republican and then some to win elections. Well, duh. Okay, and the Republican voters want to hear our talk about our border, fentanyl, Israel, our kids, crime, inflation, and they want us to see us take on Joe Biden. What did she leave out of there, everybody? Election platforms. I am so upset with her. I call on her to resign. What she's done, she lied to me. She lied to our country. She lied. Okay, yep, I got it. Yep. And, uh, and, and now I'm going to tell you. So what I'm saying is, um, I'm going to play. Let's see if I got it here. Um, okay. Um, and we're going to turn it around. Yeah, we let's have play to this. win in 2024. We cannot allow anybody else there. They don't have the votes. The only way they can win is to cheat. If we don't win the election in 2024. I really believe that America is finished. If we do, I think we can bring it back to a level 
greater than ever before. Nation, and we're going to turn it around. We have to win in 2024. We cannot allow anybody else there. They don't have the votes. The only way they can win is to cheat. If we don't... Right. And, you know, and I... And I, um, I talk to our great real president, and almost every time we talk, he brings it up. He goes, Mike, do you think these, ele- these platforms are going to be secure enough in time? I said, absolutely. And I said, and I was just, and I said, we've got to stop. So all of you, we have one thing blocking us yet, and that is the, our, own, our own party. They're blocking this. I say to all of you, I need you to not block. I need you to go back to your constituents of any of you two days from now and any of the 168, go back to your states and so your counties and say, hey, when Mike Lindell's team comes in with this plan, because we're going to go to every county in the United States at the end of February, please embrace them and don't block them. We need to be embraced. And, 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 and I want to say that the, uh, you know, we, that, that's the help we need. We, we've got the plan. You know, they say, I said it this morning in my speech, I said, you know, God gave us grace for such a time as this back at the Rose Garden. And people ask me all the time, well, Mike, this doesn't feel like grace. And I said, oh, but it is. We not only have a beautiful plan to save our country that's already here. If I didn't have all these pieces and all this, I just need one thing. I need to be embraced. The plan needs to be embraced. And you can all learn about it there. Learn at thelindoplan.com. And... Uh, but there's things that have happened. I want you all, I'm going to leave you with this voice of hope. There's a bucket here, and this bucket is a common sense bucket. I tell our real president all the time, with all the bad things that are going on out there, people are jumping into this bucket from both sides. And they, once they're in that bucket, they never leave. So you can sit there and say, all, you know, this is the bucket of common sense, but there's also another bucket that's going on. All these bad things are going on. It's the biggest revival for Jesus Christ in history. People jump into this bucket and get saved. They look to God when things are going bad. Not when things are going so good, right? When things are going bad, they're praying and everything. Well, my prayer to all of you is please go back and get them on board when they see when we come back because we're going back to every county with the biggest sales pitch this world has ever seen we're giving a sales pitch to save our country and we need all of your help and it's going to be amazing we're going to get way out here everybody to this beautiful place we're going and we're going to look back and say everything had to happen even the bad and the good god uses all things for good and we'll say everything that happened was on god's timing and it's going to be awesome. And thank you all. God bless. And keep the faith. Keep the faith. Oh, oh, oh.